All right, we continue the conversation on the talking point looking at this now. It's a research that has been undertaken by the Southern Center for Inequality Studies in collaboration with the Open Society Foundation, and they've been looking at triple uh, BEE policy. Professor Michael Sachs is the coordinator of the Public Economy Project Advits. He's also adjunct professor at the Southern Center for Inequality Studies. Professor Sachs, good morning to you, and thank Thank you for your time this morning. Morning, Kathy, and morning to the listeners. I think, you know, perhaps we can start in the beginning where you can tell us a little bit more about the need to actually even conduct a study into BEE or triple BEE, as it's called as well, into how that is being implemented in South Africa and the kind of impact that it has been making. So I think the important, there are two reasons why it is important. Uh, first of all, uh, black empowerment, unlike most economic policies, we have a broad range of economic policies that address different issues in South Africa. But the notion of black empowerment is probably the only one that places certain issues at the center of its agenda. And those issues are race and racial redress. For, for historical injustices, economic power, and the ownership of assets. And those uh, uh, dimensions of our di- development problem are very salient to, to most South Africans. And so uh, it is inevitable that there will be some policy framework at the center of our uh, agenda, which tries to address those things. Now, BEE, one could say, has not addressed those things very well, uh, but yet it has created a very powerful edifice of policy, policy and regulatory uh, engagement with the private sector in South Africa. So it's there. It is likely to always be there. And uh, to the extent that it is not working, we therefore need to ask questions about why it is not working and how it can be made to work better. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the evolution of black empowerment initiatives, at least from a pre-democracy dispensation under apartheid, what that looks like, what that looked like, and if there are any ways in, in which the patterns Um, of how it worked can at all be linked to black economic empowerment today under democracy? So one of the things we do uh, in our report, and and I should say that uh, the the lead report is kind of written by myself and uh, Ayabonga Kawe and Imran Baludia. And one of the things we say is that, or or we trace out building on the work by Pagamis and Zamela, who has also contributed to this research. We trace out the evolution of the concept of black empowerment, uh, uh, which which actually was probably first established under apartheid. Mm. And you had certain notions of what you might call subordinated empowerment. In other words, an empowerment that, that sought to give black people interest in business, create some kind of buffer black middle class that would protect white power uh, from the threat of change. 
so it was empowerment within a framework that was subord- fundamentally subordinating uh, black people to white power. And, and, bec- and part of that uh, legacy uh, of the origins of black empowerment uh, continues to influence uh, how, how, how people think about uh, what are the objectives and instruments that black empowerment should do. So, so an important part of what we've done is to try and clarify the different meanings of black empowerment, because probably the, 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 in this case, I would think, uh, the, the, what we have found is that the central, we, we often say in South Africa that the, the big, we have good policy, but the, 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 the problem is implementation. We don't have the capacity or some, something mm. like that. But in this case, I think uh, our view is that there are, there are fundamental problems in the conceptualization of what black empowerment is and what it should try to achieve. And part of those problems is that it, it, it ends up meaning different things to different people. And, and because we don't clarify what we're trying to achieve, we end up trying to accommodate uh, everybody's different meaning of black empowerment. So you end up with a policy fudge uh, that, that doesn't advance in any direction because it is trying to advance in all directions at the same time. Mm. And, and, you know, does it matter the fact that the understanding of what black economic empowerment is seems to be different, not just from a policy perspective, but to the ways in which myself and other ordinary South Africans understand fundamentally what this policy is and what it's meant to do? Well, I think that the... The thing is, the different meanings or the different ideas we have about what black empowerment is and what it should be reflect real uh, uh, problems that people are trying to solve. So one conception, for instance, of black empowerment that emerged in the townships in the 1980s is about uh, kind of black self-reliance and uh, trading within your own community to, to empower and develop your own community. That is not uh, a wrong conceptualization of black empowerment, mm. but it is in tension with a different view, which sees it as essentially transforming the existing white corporate sector in South Africa with all of its problems, but transforming it in, in terms of the color or the, the race of its incumbents, rather than transforming the structures uh, of, of, of white corporate South Africa. It seems to simply replace the within the existing structures black people uh, uh, white mm. people with black people so these are two very contrasting different objectives and there's sense in both of those objectives not neither of them are wrong uh, the problem is is that black empowerment is, is kind of trying to use the same instrument to do many different things and as a consequence, it's not really achieving uh, enough progress in any one of those things. Mm. And, and do you think that part of the the understanding of of black economic empowerment from institution from the framework of institutions and perhaps you know having a set number of uh, black people in organisations at in particular positions in organisations, do you think that approach has been limiting? Um, in terms of what it could actually do um, if the alternative were to be pursued, which is 
completely kind of changing the structure of 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 of, of the economy because that's ultimately what what it points us to. So the title of the report uh, that we issued yesterday is uh, "Dancing in Concert: Aligning Broad-Based Black Economic Empowerment to Sector Strategies, Structural Transformation, and Growth." Uh, which is a bit of a mouthful, but what we're trying to convey is that ultimately, uh, if we leave aside black empowerment as a policy package and just think about the word black empowerment, what does it mean to us? It it doesn't make sense. We cannot achieve the empowerment of black people in South Africa without a fundamental change in the structure of the economy, Mm. without economic growth that creates new opportunities for people to create and distribute value, without uh, uh, the... the, It it has to be part of an agenda of development that changes society and economy in a fundamental way. And uh, because, for whatever reason... South Africa has not been able, and I think most people would agree that over the last 25 or 30 years, we have not been able to articulate and execute such a strategy of economic transformation. Now, black empowerment as a policy package would definitely need to be part of any such strategy of of economic transformation. But in a sense, what we've been left with is no transformation and only the narrow empowerment defined by those quotas and mm. tick boxes and replacing people. So black empowerment tends to get blamed for the failure of economic transformation. So, so when we say dancing in concert, uh, the message is that we, we want, you know, there are big transformations facing the South African economy now. For instance, linked to uh, decarbonization and green energy or linked to the digitalization of, uh, of the economy. And uh, black empowerment needs to be nested within those strategies of structural change, which are difficult and complex themselves. So we need to be asking, not necessarily, the main question in our mind uh, should, should shift from how much ownership is there on the JSE, for instance, which is not an unimportant question, but uh, it's, the main question should be, how will uh, a, a green transition contribute to black empowerment? Mm. Uh, that, that should be what occupies is at the front and center of, of our policy engagement uh, on black empowerment now. We're in conversation with Professor Michael Sachs. He is the coordinator of the Public Economy Project at WITS, also adjunct professor at the Southern Center for Inequality Studies. We're talking about uh, this research that they have been conducting into black economic empowerment and what have been some of the strengths, the weaknesses of this policy, and why does it seem that despite you know the 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 initiative that has been taken even through policy, um, why does it seem that the transformation of the economy is not taking place at the rate and the scale that would have been anticipated? You're welcome to be part of the conversation. The number to dial this morning is zero double one seven one four two double zero six. That's the number to dial to get in touch with us on the WhatsApp line. You can send your messages and voice notes on zero six one four one zero four. 107 and on Twitter at SFM, the hashtag there, SFM Talking Point. Professor Sachs, you pointed to the fact that in order for true transformation to take place, 
there needs to be a structural changing of the economy in this country. How much of that takes us back to the concessions and consensus that, 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 that was made coming into democracy? And how difficult is it going to be to practically be able to do that, knowing the various interests that, that could well be at play? Well, uh, that's the the million dollar question, as they used to say, when a when a million dollars was a lot of money. (laughs) Um, So, so um, I suppose the the way I would answer that question is that uh, you know sometimes your 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 best strength becomes your weakness, becomes your fault. And I think that the, the, the settlement of 1994, its strength was that it, it, brought, it was inclusive in the sense of bringing all South Africans together and agreeing that we are all in the same boat, we must work together, we're part of a common nation, and, and creating a vision of, of a society in the future that could be non-racial, prosperous, uh, and non-sexist. And democratic, so that is great. But 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 that strength and and that is you know without that can without that founding condition, we would not have been able to uh, establish and develop a, a democracy, which remains a very vibrant uh, democracy uh, in the world, and that is important. However, at a certain point, that strength of inclusion and listening to everybody's voice. Uh, becomes a weakness in the sense that now you have to confront the interests mm. that you are you have mentioned and ask who is going to sacrifice what in the course of development, and uh, if we proceed on a basis that nobody should sacrifice anything and everybody should should be beneficiaries of anything we propose, it may be difficult to make progress because we do have. Uh, historical injustices uh, uh, built up around race in our history. We do have concentrated monopolistic economic power that needs to be dismantled. We do have extreme concentration in the ownership of assets and wealth uh, that is an impediment to our development. And it's unlikely you're going to be able to uh, dismantle all of those structures in a way that's going to make everybody happy all the time. Mm. And so uh, do you have the strength as, as uh, do we have the strength to, to now confront our demons once, we've, uh, w- w- once we kind of grew up and became a strong nation? Can we now confront the problems within us? And, and, and that's how I'd say where we really need to move towards some more uh, progressive view of of what transformation means. Mm. Uh, Let me welcome Mark onto the program. Mark, you're calling us from Johannesburg. Good morning. Yes, that's an apologian. I'm not taking a dig at you guys, and I'm not taking a dig at your radio station. I'm not taking a dig at the professor. Mm. But everything that the professor says, I I have to take with a pinch of salt, but he's missing the point. eh? So if, if, if we look at Africa as a whole, can you hear me? Yes, Mark, I'm listening to you. If yes, you look go at Africa as a whole, mm. and you look at the failures throughout Africa, through colonized or non-colonized um, um, countries, and 
don't um, just take it as a pick on Africa because Europe is also colonized. But now, if you look at the failures, no matter what we have put in place, if it was DE or if it was uh, sector transformation or whatever it was, don't you believe it would have been a failure based on the fact that this happened in our country in the last 30 years on the, on the theft and the degrading of people and putting apartheid rules in place like DE where before there was a white bus and now there's a black bus. Don't you think it'll be a failure anyway, no matter what systems you put in place? So, 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 so Mark, are you, are you fundamentally saying that a policy like BEE is largely detrimental to the functioning um, of the country? Is, no, just make, um, BEE is just a race, uh, uh, makes people more racist than anything else. If you just Google racism and you see mm-hmm. what the definition is, and then you go and put it in the apartheid years, obviously the blacks were way uh, more intelligent than the whites because um, um, there was a white bus, and no one could climb on that bus. Now you go put it uh, the other way around and you just reverse it, and now we've got a black bus, no one can climb on it. I have to think from my side is the only reason why that guy got a job is because of BE, not mm-hmm. because he's cleverer than me. Okay. All now right, that's Mark. the reason why I only said that. Nothing okay. else. It's not a dig at you guys. It's just using... Yeah, um, Mark, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Don't worry about it. We've got thick skins. Just stay on the line. I'm going to uh, get Professor Sachs to also come in here and perhaps respond to, to what you're saying. And Professor Sachs, it's it's a sentiment that we've had shared, I think, over and over again, that, you know, the suggestion that BEE is actually reverse apartheid. Well, I look, uh, <laughs> I will try and extract something positive from this. I mean, I think at a fundamental level, you know, if, if uh, people raise concerns, uh, you, you know, racism is not about, uh, you know, the color of your skin as much it is about social structures that reproduce themselves and subordinate certain people uh, below others based on the color of their skin. So it's mm. about changing structures. Mm. Now, uh, uh you know, South Africa has always been dominated by uh, powerful, politically connective, uh, connected, uh, kind of extractive and corrupt elite. Uh, this is not something new that was invented in 1994. It, it goes back long in history. And there's no doubt that BEE and affirmative actions has accelerated the transformation of the elite in South Africa. It may still remain... Uh, kind of extractive and corrupt, corrupt and uh, all of the rest. Uh, and some people, some, some tendencies uh, that have emerged, and I, I would say, for instance, the, the kind of RET approach associated with, with Jacob Zuma, for instance, seem to believe that the goal of change is precisely to replace a old, white, corrupt, politically connected, monopolistic white elite with black people. Uh, but uh, I suppose the, 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 the conclusion of our report is that that's not really the chat. That, that in itself might be something that some people would look forward to, that you know the elite is now black and not white. But the point that we should be focused on, the real tra- challenge, is not to transform the elite within the existing structures of the economy and society, but to change those structures. And this means uh, creating a society governed in a, in a genuinely democratic manner where we focus on productivity 
And because a lot of uh, the South African economy, a lot of the leading corporate sectors and public sectors in the South African economy are dominated by rent and rent seeking. So, mm. so once you have a monopoly concentration, you have rent uh, extraction from the economy. Once you have an economy based on mining, a lot of your resource extraction is about rent rather than productivity. And uh, what we can try to do is to distribute that rent in a way that contributes to productivity growth uh, and development objectives. Now, you might say that using race as a criteria in that is helpful or not in helpful. Uh, and that's really the point to ask is that if we have, you know, we need that project of, of changing the structures of society and economy. And once we have that project, uh, we can ask whether a racial, racial mm. quotas or racial, mm. uh, racially defined uh, uh, frameworks are helping or, or uh, not helping that. In, the case, in other cases, they have been quite helpful in certain respects. Uh, and I don't think we can dismiss that entirely, although it does have weaknesses. In particular, sure. you can end up favoring a new elite that is not fundamentally transformed and we, and we should be careful about that. Mm, mm. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for that uh, for that answer, Professor Sachs. Uh, Mark, uh, I, I, are you still on the line? Yes, I'm on the line. Can I just comment on that? Yeah, very it briefly for me. The, the first statement that I made, the, the professor is so far off the ball, so far off the mark. He didn't even answer my most main questions. And I'm going back to what's happening in Africa. We're doing exactly the same as other failed states throughout the African continent. And if we keep on making the same mistakes, we cannot so, yeah. blame DE, so, we cannot so, blame so, so anybody. Mark, we need to look yeah. at the fundamentals of what we're doing wrong Mark, and what other people have done wrong. And, and, and that's part of what, what the professor is trying to highlight. He's saying that the current structure of our economy creates a situation, a perpetual situation, where some are included and the majority are excluded. And he's saying, if we are able to fundamentally change these social systems that are resulting in the oppression of some people over others, then perhaps we can get to a place. Can I use an example of what happened um, 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 in the first five years of democracy? Let's use Soweto as an example. Soweto, there was so, like, horizons were so big in Soweto. The, the future of Soweto was so big. It was supposed to be the new economical hub of Southern Africa. It was not even done that. It, it rather went away from that, gone to privatization, gone to changing street names, gone to wasting money, gone to looting money, but not focusing on making so which to the, 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 the business hub of Southern Africa, and they've moved so far off the ballpark, and it's happened in every other country that has been colonized or non-colonized in Africa that has, that has decided that they want to grow and be better and be the future of, of Africa. Everything has failed in the same steps that we are doing now, and that's what I wanted the, okay. the professor to touch on. I, I'm okay. going to to go now, but I'd like to hear the, the professor's views on, on, on what I'm actually trying to ask him. Okay. All right, Mark. Uh, I, I think, yeah, you've made the point. Look, it's 11 o'clock, Professor Sachs. I don't know if you've got to rush elsewhere or if you'll be able to actually respond to Mark, but it can only be after the 11 o'clock news uh, update. 
Okay, I can wait for you if you would like me to. Okay, thank you so much, Professor Sachs. Thank you for your indulgence. It's 11 o'clock. Nomsam Guli has your latest news update. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It's 6 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. Of course, we've been looking at this latest study published uh, by the Southern Center for Inequality Studies. Uh, Professor Michael Sachs is one of those that has been working on the project, and we're talking about broad-based economic empowerment. So, Professor Sachs, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to respond to Mark uh, before we wrap this conversation up. So, uh, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure... So, so this is how I, I, what I heard Mark saying, which, which is maybe different from what he was saying, but I heard him saying that uh, everything in Africa has failed and South Africa is also failing. And I think the implication or the inference he was drawing from that claim uh, is that we are failing because we're doing the same things that the rest of Africa has done and, and BEE is one of those things. Now, you know, uh, uh, when uh, you know Africa uh, escaped from from centuries of colonial domination, there were very high hopes for its development, and it's true that those hopes have not been realised, and Africa remains un- underdeveloped. And 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 also, it's true that South Africa, as I uh, indicated, is has not achieved the kind of structural transformation and growth. Uh, that it needs. And so to that extent, I think most people would uh, be able to agree that so, you know, things have been disappointing. On the other hand, uh, it, it, to, to kind of lay that at the door of policies of affirmative action or black empowerment, I don't think is, is very uh, accurate. One of the papers that, that, that forms part of our report is a comparison of BEE in South Africa and very similar policies that have been implemented in Malaysia. And Malaysia, uh, you know, it's, it's not a perfect country. It has its problems, and, and its, its uh, kind of empowerment policies have also not been perfect, and they have their problems. And probably uh, you could conclude that the, the kind of racial hierarchy uh, of power in Malaysia still to some extent remains there. But the difference with Malaysia and South Africa, I think, is that uh, over 30 years, their policies of empowerment and affirmative action were linked to a very uh, effective uh, program of structural change of the economy uh, that was led by the state uh, in the case of Malaysia. And so uh, the, the, the difference is not whether you have a kind of empowerment and affirmative action or not. The difference is whether those policies are linked to a more fundamental process of economic change. All right, Professor Sachs, I think we, it's, it's safe enough for us to leave it there. Thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I imagine there will be plenty more that we talk about in future in relation to this work and ultimately what becomes of it and the extent to which it will be given due consideration to this all-important conversation. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Kathy.
All right, Professor Michael Sachs there. So let's uh, take a quick break. Today is, of course, the Archbishop's uh, birthday. Archbishop Desmond Tutu will be talking about his life, the impact of his life, his legacy, and, yeah, really making sure that we give him a special one hour as we get ready to also, you know, wrap up the show. But uh, still plenty more before we do that. We'll be in conversation with various leaders in their own right will be uh, telling us more about the Archbishop Emeritus.